Greetings, my name is Atopomwanza and I'm pastor of Faith Baptist Church in Kitwe Riverside. Uh, today we are going to look at a very important subject uh, in the Bible uh, and that is the subject of the gospel. Now we live uh, in a country that constitutionally is considered a Christian nation uh, and, and we uh, as a result are very religious as Zambians. But with that comes a lot of misconceptions, a lot of uh, misunderstandings, and, and a lot of deception. Many people will deem themselves to be Christians, and yet they have no understanding of what the gospel is. Um, and, and many people uh, are convinced they are Christians, and yet they are not. And when you ask many people what the gospel is, you, you get all kinds of answers. At the bare minimum, people will say it's a good news, but they don't know what, the, what is good about the news. Uh, and, and therefore, I feel it's important for us to be very clear on what the gospel is, um, because it is a matter of life and death. It determines uh, whether one goes to heaven or hell, whether one is a Christian or not. And to do that, I would like us to walk through Ephesians in a snapshot, if you may, an overview, a quick overview of Ephesians in order for us to understand what the gospel is. And what the Bible tells us is that not only does one need to believe the gospel and be clear about the gospel in order to be saved, but it's also the fact that the gospel uh, has implications. Believing in the gospel has implications. And, and if you are a Christian, that mean, if you are a Christian, it means something about your life. Uh, and many people believe the gospel, claim to believe the gospel, but there are no implications of the gospel in their life. So in Ephesians, uh, beginning at chapter 1, Paul describes how we are saved and what the gospel is. And, and he simply says uh, that our salvation is actually the work of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So uh, in chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, he tells us how the Father planned and worked, uh, chose us before the foundations of the world. And um, he laid out the plan of salvation, and that was to the praise of his glory uh, in verse uh, 7, verse 6 rather. And beginning from verse 7, he tells us how God the Son, Christ himself, worked out this plan of salvation, accomplished this plan of salvation, and that was by redeeming us. Uh, he laid his own life that we may be forgiven of our trespasses, uh, and this was according to his rich grace, uh, grace and mercy. And all this, again, is to the praise of the glory of God. Then verse 11 through to 13 tells us how God the Holy Spirit seals us um, in our salvation. And he's a guarantee, he's a deposit, if you may, uh, of our salvation, assuring us that what God has begun, he will bring to completion. And then Paul goes on uh, in, in a prayer of thanksgiving uh, from 15 through to the end of the chapter. In, in chapter 2, Paul then uh, reminds us of who we are. You know, so the Godhead works out our salvation. Uh, God the Father plans. He's the uh, ruler of the universe, the creator of the world. God the Son came and 
purchased, uh, uh, worked out that plan of God. But, but where do we come in? Well, Paul, in chapter 2, verse 1 through to 3, describes who we are. Uh, and that we are dead in our trespasses. We are sinful, living in our own sinful desires uh, and, and seeking to please and gratify the desires of the flesh. Uh, and we live according to the principles of this world. In other words, we are hostile to God. We have no relationship with God. We are aliens with God, uh, Paul says. Uh, and, and because of that, uh, we are by nature children of wrath. Uh, the, the wrath of God, the judgment of God is upon us and it is fully deserved. The, the, that is our status. That is our position. That is who we are. Uh, and because of who we are, because we are dead in our trespasses, we are totally unable to please God. We are totally unable to come to God. We, 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 we do not desire to seek God. We, we do not do any good. There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who does good. No, not one. We've all gone astray, uh, Romans 3 uh, tells us. So, so we, we, we are in a dire situation. We, we are dead, we are lost, and the wrath of God is upon us. Uh, and, and the good news comes in verse 4 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. I mean, God works in us. Uh, in our deadness, in our inability, in our uh, deprived state, in our hostility. While we are enemies of God and hostile to God, God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he, he awakens us, he, he makes us alive so that we might see our own sinfulness, we might see our wretchedness, but we might also see the mercy and grace of God. He, he goes on to explain how uh, that God worked out our salvation by his grace. Uh, and he says in verse, um, verse 8, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Now, now that, is, that statement in itself is sufficient to make an argument that salvation is not, is not the work of man. It is the work of God. It is God who has to work in us in order for us to be saved. But, but Paul, just knowing the kind of people we are, adds verse 9, just, just to kind of emphasize. He says, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, 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 so we, we, we are not left with uh, a, a reason to boast because uh, we are saved by grace and this is through faith and that faith is actually a gift of God. So that's, that's, that's salvation. That's the gospel. Right? God, who uh, is the creator, the sovereign rule of the world, chose us before the foundations of the world, worked out our salvation. Christ, the Son of God, came down, lived a perfect sinless life, offered his life as a sacrifice uh, for our sins. He redeemed us, he bought us, he paid the price of sin. 
that whoever believes in him may be saved. And God the Holy Spirit works in us, awakens us, convicts us of our sins, and seals us, meaning we are sealed, we are in his hand, we are secure, and he's a guarantee that God is going to complete this, this, this work of salvation. And many times that's where we end. We, we think that's a gospel. Like it's, The gospel is simplifier insurance, you know, that if you believe, you won't go to hell. But the gospel is more than that. Because Ephesians doesn't end there. It now lays out the implications of the gospel. So he says in verse 10 of chapter 2, we are his workmanship created for good works. Meaning those who are truly saved will show it by their works. Those who are truly saved will produce fruit in keeping with their salvation. Anything that is alive produces fruit. That the only thing that does not grow is dead. And that's what sinners are, dead. Therefore, if you're a Christian and, and there is no evidence of salvation, you do not produce fruit in keeping with salvation, listen, you are not a Christian. True biblical Christianity entails that there is growth, there is a reducing pattern of sin, and there is increasing pattern of Christ-likeness in you. So you, you produce good works. Well, what are those good works, you say? Well, very quickly, let, let me tell you what Ephesians tells us. The first is that we pursue unity with those who are in Christ. So, so he tells us that, that though there is diversity, though we are different from, from different backgrounds, different tribes, different uh, social status, because we are in Christ, we are one. You, you know, in Christ, you, you will go in a true biblical church, you're going to find the poor, the rich, uh, uh, and they will, they will have oneness because they are in Christ. So unity in diversity is the first. But the second is that we, there will be, uh, in chapter 4, he talks of humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another. Right? That there are all these things that are going on where we, uh, we are patient with one another, we tolerate one another, we are humble towards one another, and we are gentle with one another. Furthermore, there is a building up of one another. Beginning in chapter 4 of verse 11, he, he says how we should each do work in the body of Christ and build up others. You, you know, the, 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 there is this desire to seek others to grow, this desire to seek uh, other believers do well, other believers excel. That, that, that's a fruit of salvation. But, but it also affects our relationships. So in chapter 5, he talks about how we, uh, we, we, we will walk in love, we will imitate God, we will walk in holiness. But, but it, it also talks about the family relation. As a result of this gospel that we believe in, that brings salvation, wives will submit to their husbands. Husbands will love their wives. Uh, children will obey their parents. Masters will be kind and fair to their uh, servants. And servants will, will be faithful to their uh, masters. And, and in chapter 6, he tells us how that we will relate with the world. 
and, and, and we will uh, relate in holiness. We will seek to ensure that they hear the gospel. We, we will preach the gospel to them and we will withstand the uh, attacks of the evil one, the schemes of the evil one by the grace of God. Uh, here's the point. Salvation saves you from sin. The gospel is a call to be saved from sin, to turn from sin and turn to God. And as a result, there will be growth, there will be holiness, there will be fruit in keeping with salvation. That is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about. Anything less is a false gospel. Amen.